Welcome to the Flagrant 3 NBA Podcast. I'm Michael Chapman. I'm not usually your host, but Seth is... Uh, He's a little under the weather today. Seth well, is not sober tonight. <laughs> we'll put it like that. Um, we are recording this at 11-11, Make-A-Wish, on Tuesday night, right after the Bucks were eliminated from the playoffs entirely, and the, Rake- the Lakers excuse me, um, took a lead on the Rockets. They're up 2-1 in that series now. So. I've got a wish. Uh that Giannis gets traded to the Grizzlies for, like, DeAnthony Melton. Like, that's not going to happen. But if it does, I would be exponentially happy about it. Luke, there's three problems with this wish. <laughs> One, that will not happen. It's... Two, you said it out loud, so it won't happen. <laughs> and three, you made the wish at 11-12. <laughs> uh, it... You didn't talk about the glaring uh, salary cap difference there. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh. I, I was going to just give you that one. <laughs> just assume that you can get, what is, what's his name, Chandler Parsons off the books. <laughs> do, do you guys even have anyone who you're paying too much at this point? Not really. That's wild because you're the Grizzlies. I know that they had, uh, they had Dwight Howard... Um, they traded like Chandler Parsons for empty cap space that they then just went see a leave. I think the biggest knock on the books was Dion Waiters. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. And then he got traded. He got, released. He got released. Yeah, and, they bought him out. Uh, picked up by the Lakers. So yeah, the Grizzlies are actually in a good spot cap-wise. Mm-hmm. Just they're a small market team. And Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> is never going to play for the Memphis Grizzlies. I hate to break it to you, Luke. But what if he does? But what if he does? Well, I am also jacked up on caffeine, by the way. Uh, I say that I have a Diet Dr. Pepper in my hand. Seth is usually the energy guy, and I'm very tired today. We miss you, buddy. We do miss you, Seth. Um, Speaking of Giannis, though, um, I do want to get into, Luke, your thoughts on Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks, and really just... What a good offseason will look like for the Bucks and all of the other teams in the East who are kind of in a limbo right now, don't really know what their team looks like next year. Um, and, yeah, who, especially the teams who we think um, might be trying to make a run at being a title contender next year. So, by my calculations, that would be the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. Um because I think the Heat look about the same next year. The Celtics look the same. The Raptors look the same, give or take Van Vliet. Um, so, yeah, let's just start with the Bucks, Luke, what do you think, and this is a big question. Obviously, there's a lot of right or wrong answers. But what do you think a good offseason could look like for the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, I think a really good offseason for them would look like um, them firing Budenholzer which is probably not the best idea, but they could then go to Giannis and go, what coach do you want from these available ones? And just make a ploy to get him to stay, make him happy, and kind of pull the LeBron, uh, we want you to kind of run this team. So here's my question as far as that goes. What are the chances Giannis just makes them hire Jason Kidd back? (laughs) 
Um, probably high. Johannes I, loves Jason Kidd. I don't think uh, Jason Kidd was not that good of a coach. Though. He wasn't. He truly was not. Um, I mean, he was a fine X's and O's guy. He just he lost the locker room before Giannis was Giannis. the superstar that yeah. he is, um, and Giannis was the only guy who still backed him. I think um, maybe I, one or two other guys. I think now they might welcome him with open arms. Um, it just depends on kind of. I guess if Jason Kidd wants to leave. He's like a firing away from being the head coach of the Lakers. So. Yeah, that's fair. It's He's in a very good position with a very good organization. But I think that if given the opportunity, he would absolutely go coach a team. Especially a, a great job, at least for the next year, a great job like mm-hmm. the Bucks, um, Where he has a chance to win a title as a head coach, even if he doesn't do a great job. Yeah. Um, they have all the talent in the world, not just Giannis, but they have a good team around him. Um, they they would be better, admittedly, if, say, they kept Brogdon last year instead of Bledsoe or whatever. Um, but they still have a solid team around Giannis. They have Eric Bledsoe. I almost called him Drew Bledsoe, who just made second-team All-NBA, along with Brooke Lopez, who just made second-team All-NBA, and Chris Middleton, or it's second team all defense, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and Chris Middleton, who might as well be second team all defense and is a knockdown three point shooter. Um, yeah, they're they're a good team. I personally think that they should just hold steady. R e l a x, relax. That worked for Aaron Rodgers who, uh, because he's Aaron Rodgers. That's gonna work for Giannis because he's Giannis. Um, they're not comparable. <laughs> not at all. They're they're the two greatest athletes in Wisconsin in the last decade, by far. I would argue that Christian Yelich and uh, Ryan Braun would like a word. <laughs> oh my gosh. I forget the baseball is a thing. <laughs> I, I, I truly do. I think that they should hold the course. I mean, if you can make a small trade where you trade... Like, if they could trade DiVincenzo for an upgrade at the shooting guard position where mm-hmm. they don't have to start with Wesley Matthews, that that would be a good thing. And I don't know who you get back from that, but probably a young or, um, a fairly young guy who can step in, start for Wesley, and then Wesley can come off the bench. Um, yeah, I, I think that could be a place where they could upgrade. But outside of that, I think just do what you're doing. You had the best regular season in the NBA this year, and next year we assume they're going to be playing in the playoffs at home, and that's just a much different situation than the bubble. The bubble is weird. Yeah. I think for for what I said about them firing the coach, I think that's like a very off chance that that'll happen. It's very slim. Yeah. I think they just reload with one or two better role players, gotten in free agency or something. Yeah. And just seeing what goes from where. Yeah, I agree with you. In the overstated debate group on Facebook, there was one post that was not even arguing for this trade, but um, they proposed a trade um, where the Bucks would pick up Damian Lillard without giving up Giannis or Chris Middleton, but giving up like DiVincenzo or San Eliasova and just all of their picks, like, four first-rounders unprotected and three pick swaps. I don't 
I don't think that they need to sacrifice their future to that degree. Yes, they would be by far the favorites to win it next year, but then Giannis could still easily walk next offseason, and you're stuck with two guys approaching 30 um, without any roster around them and no way to build a roster around them. And Dame Lillard, who's on a bad contract. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's going to put them in a good position long term. Um, And I think the way... With where they're at now, especially with what Giannis said tonight about he wants to build a culture in Milwaukee where they're competing for championships year after year after year. I mean, obviously, it's talking to the media. It could be rhetoric. Yeah, it could be rhetoric, but it, I, I don't see why he would say that if he didn't at least have some some level of desire to stay in Milwaukee and to win championships with this team. I think, touching on the trade that you mentioned, uh, I think... Any trade that Milwaukee poses for like another star, it's they're gonna want Giannis. It's going to be Giannis on the block, or Middleton, and way too much. Yeah, it, I, I think that most of them would include Middleton. I think everyone pretty much understands Giannis is as close to untouchable as anyone mm-hmm. in the league. Um, even if it is just a one-year rental of Giannis, I think that people firmly understand that. But yeah, I, if you I do think that if you were to go after a Dame or even possibly a Bradley Beal or someone like that, that you would have to give up Chris Middleton mm-hmm. and some assets. Um, and I, I just don't think that's a realistic way to move forward. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the one of the other trades that I saw that was interesting was uh, Chris Paul Yeah, on that, that one, same post. That one seems like more of a possibility. What was the exact trade? This is Jacob uh, Birkenshaw who like proposed all of these trades. What? Yeah, it was uh, Chris Paul for Middleton Hill and two unprotected picks with one swap, or and one swap. Yeah, you're you're not completely just sacrificing your whole future mm-hmm. in that situation. Um, you you do give up Chris Middleton though, so I don't know how much better you actually are. I, you are certainly better. But I, I don't know that it's the difference between winning a championship and not winning a championship. Maybe it is. I don't see the nece- like the necessity of adding the picks for that trade. I think that trade would work straight up with just those two players. Yeah, Middleton is our, is a top 15 player in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Paul is a little better than Middleton right now, but he's getting older. Um, and they're not gonna he's not going to be around long term. Middleton could be a star that the Thunder builds around or flips in a couple of years or whatever and with the, um, to get more assets for their rebuild. Yeah, and with that trade, I think that they look at either sending Bledsoe off somewhere or having him come off the bench as the second unit point, point guard. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they probably have to trade Bledsoe. They mm-hmm. could do a three-team trade where they get... Good old Eric, I don't want to be Bledsoe. I don't want to be here. Eric Bledsoe was traded from the Suns after he tweeted, I don't want to be here. He was talking about the barbershop, Luke. He, he didn't talk- want to be at the barbershop. Sure. But, yeah, I I think that it's unlikely that they do fire Budenholzer. I don't think it's a good move. And I think that they likely could even use the loyalty card on Giannis. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we brought you out of poverty. We did this... <laughs> For you, we we took a chance on you when no one else did. You should stay with us till we, we pay us. We are the reason you had your first milkshake. <laughs> Oof. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we're pretty much on the same page. Yeah. If you can get a great deal on another superstar, 
sure, pull the trigger. Don't sacrifice your whole future. Mm -hmm. Probably just stay where you're at. See what shakes out in a normal pandemic free season. What uh, what star do you think would be pushing it over the edge for the Bucks to just go? All right, we're going without giving up Middleton or Giannis or in a Giannis trade. Who do you think they would want in return? Oh, I mean, there's very few teams that even have the assets to go get Giannis. I think a team like the Grizzlies could do that. They would have to give up Ja and Triple J. And picks though, um, and probably no, Brandon Clark. No, I just think, DeAnthony Melton. I think if the Pelicans gave up their whole young core and picks, they could probably pull that off. I think if the Thunder gave up SGA and whoever else and picks, like because they have so many picks, they could probably pull it off. But I don't see how that really. I mean, at that point, whatever team he goes to is stripped of everything. I, I, I don't see why any of those teams would do that as opposed to just waiting an offseason and trying to recruit him. I've got I've got one team in mind, and you're going to love this. Uh, oh, what if the Clippers got in and they offered Kawhi and Paul George? Why would we do that? <laughs> Maybe Kawhi likes Canada a lot. I don't know. He's 100% in championships there. What would that have to do with anything? I mean, the last time he was traded to Canada, he won. Do you know that Milwaukee is not in Canada, <laughs> oh, Luke? <fuck. laughs> it's late, okay? <laughs> this is the stupidest thing that has ever happened on this podcast. And Seth's usually here. <laughs> Good lord. Okay. We'll, we'll edit that out. We, I, I'm not <laughs> editing it out, Luke. That's, that's flagrant three canon for life. Which means... It is canon for the NBA. All right. Moving on. <laughs> the 76ers are in a real bind right now. Blow it up. I mean, I think that everyone is screaming blow it up. And I think that everyone is screaming blow it up and build around one of these two guys. Most people are saying build around Simmons. That's dumb. I completely agree with you. It's stupid. Simmons's trade value is higher than Embiid's right now, and Embiid is a player you can build a championship team around. I would agree. At, whereas Simmons is not. I mean, Simmons certainly can't be the best player on a title contending team. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Embiid could be. He would have to have a great team around him, don't get me wrong. Great shooters all the way around him with probably two more all-stars. Um, with one of those being another superstar type player, um, just because of the conditioning and because he can't just take over for thirty six to forty minutes a game, yeah. like he needs to in the playoffs. We really saw that last series. Yeah, we really did in the Celtics series. Um, which uh, a note on that that could be Giannis. We're not sure yet. He only played under 30 minutes a game this year so mm-hmm. that was probably a lot of it but back to Embiid I, I think that he's the guy you keep and then you trade Simmons off to Chicago or to Portland or whoever will just give you the most for him yeah um, I think um, I was thinking more along the lines of you get a three team trade involved with uh, Portland Philly and it doesn't matter who the third is if it's the Bulls and you get uh, you get Simmons to go to Portland uh, 
CJ goes to either well CJ would have to go to uh to the Bulls and Zach Levine could go to the uh 76ers and I think that's a decent deal. I don't know if it really works out with money. Why would the why would Chicago want in on that? I think the Bulls want I saw trade talks where the Bulls were talking about possibly getting Simmons. And I think that might just be a bad deal. So you're talking about two different possible trades. Yeah. One would be CJ for Simmons, and one would be Levine for Simmons. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm with you now. Yeah, those are basically the two, um, like, the bones of two trades. What do you think, like, if you were putting a package together as the Bulls GM, what do you think a reasonable, um, a reasonable package would be to acquire Ben Simmons from the Sixers. I think you'd have to give up uh, Zach um, picks, and I don't know what other asset you'd put, what other piece you'd put yeah. in. Probably not Markkinen. Maybe... Um, Kobe White. Kobe White or the uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, I, I could see Wendell Carter Jr. I think... I think Wendell Carter Jr. is actually a great guy to throw in that trade because mm-hmm. he's not a guy you want playing with ben Simmons. ben Simmons because Simmons needs shooters around him. So I think that would be – I mean, that would work out for the Bulls, but I don't know that the Sixers would want to do that. Mm-hmm. Unless the Sixers decide to – and this is, this is crazy, but the Sixers could decide to just completely blow it up, start the process all over, <laughs> hire Sam Heineke, and – trade Simmons to the best bidder between Portland and Chicago and trade Embiid to the Warriors and just say, we're done, we're getting picks, we're getting young guys, fill the team with Zach Levine, Wendell Carter, Gary Trent, and Pascal and whoever else, Bowman from the Warriors, and maybe that's your starting mm-hmm. five do you next think, year, and you have a bunch of picks to work with in the future. Do you think they would take the Warriors number two in that pick, or in that trade, or would they... Would that be off limits? I think that the Warriors are likely trading the number two pick anyways, likely for, uh, like, package with Wiggins for a star. I think that would be uh, the move. And then the Sixers can take on Wiggins' contract. Um, Wiggins isn't necessarily a desirable asset at this point. He's close to neutral, maybe a slight positive. Um, But, yeah, I I think that would be a package that works well say Wiggins Pascal and or maybe Wiggins and Bowman maybe Wiggins Pascal and the number two pick is too much but (laughs) some combinations of Wiggins the number two pick and then another like young guy to build around um I think that would be a fair fair trade for Joel and the more I'm talking Luke the more I'm talking myself into the Sixers should blow it up entirely and trade both guys I don't think that's a bad idea actually I think I think when you look at the team that they have now, I don't see I don't see a conference finals there. It would be it would be a really rough road to get to a conference finals yeah. with that team. I think you have two players that need to be surrounded by four shooters. Yeah. But when you start both, you're really limiting who you can have. Yeah, the spacing, I mean, you can watch any Sixers game this year. The spacing was horrible. Mhm. It, it just and, was. And they had, like, it, it gets overshadowed by 
their incredible winning record at home, but they had a dismal winning re- like winning percentage on the road. I don't think they were even up over 500 and it's just it's just a bad team to have. Yeah. I think if I think you go to Simmons this offseason and go shoot or leave or we will send you somewhere. And if he says I'm not going to shoot, you just ship him somewhere. Like shoot in games. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I mean obviously he's worked on his jump shot a lot over the past few years and we don't really know how much better he's gotten because mm-hmm. he doesn't shoot in games. He does not shoot in games. I think I I saw somewhere that he only took one three between high school and college, and it was a game that meant nothing in high school. Yeah, probably at like Eve at the end of the buzzer or yeah. something. Yeah, I, I don't like Simmons as a guy to build around. I think that... It makes more sense in Chicago when you've got young guys already there um, and you're just kind of trying a full-on rebuild and you can build around him as opposed to Philly where Embiid was already the star and then he's mm-hmm. coming in and trying to figure out where he is on the team instead of it just being his team. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i going to go ahead and say my pick would be for the Sixers to trade both guys, get picks, get assets, and I think that would actually set them up really really well for the future and it would be abysmal for a couple of years Mm -hmm. it would be really really bad um they're used to that yeah i mean it would be basically what chicago is right now (laughs) not as bad as it was the first time they went through this process um because they would probably have levine or yeah it would or they would have levine and or wiggins Um, they would have they would have a fun team to watch i think more fun than the sixers teams in the mid 2010s Luke, I don't think there ever has been a less fun team to watch than the Sixers in the mid-2010s. Good lord. I don't know if I could name a player from those teams. Maybe J.J. Redick? I'm not sure. No, no he, was he's, never missed the, he's never missed the playoffs. Yeah, he was on the Clippers, my guy. Yeah. Um, I I think you ship, you ship Simmons off. I think you build around Joel. Okay. Yeah, I... I don't necessarily disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, this is the last team we're going to kind of take a more deep dive look at um, for their offseason, what they need to do, um, and whether they should go all in and try to become contenders or possibly, I, I don't know, maybe take a step back and try to build for a couple years down the road, but that's the Pacers. Um, they're in a weird, weird spot. Obviously... Nate McMillan is gone. They're the first team, I think, ever to lose in the first round for five straight seasons. Um, they, they've been good for a long time. I mean, this whole decade, they've been a good team who wasn't going to win a title. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't know what the answer is. They, If Depot wouldn't have gotten hurt, this team would pr- possibly still be alive right now. Um and certainly would be would be a contender to come out of the East year in and year out. But Debo did get hurt, and his production dropped off tremendously. His efficiency dropped off tremendously. And now the best player on the team is probably TJ Cash Considerations Warren. I love TJ Warren. I love TJ Warren, but he, he's not a guy who 
if he's your best player on the team, it's is going to be team. yeah. He's not going to get you out of the first round. No. Um, and then they've got a lot of good, not great guys around him. I say around him, just on the team. There's there's five guys who might you you can make an argument are the best player on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I don't know really what they should do. People have talked about they could trade for Beal and go hire Mike D'Antoni. I don't think that's a bad option, but what do you have have to give up for Beal? What are your thoughts? I'm stumped on this one. So the Pacers are always that team that I never watch a ton of. Um, Most of my Pacers knowledge comes from uh, Ben Donnell, good old Ben AD, a friend of the pod. A friend of the pod. (laughs) Uh, And like we haven't talked basketball in a while. So I think... I think you send Depot somewhere and you try to figure out who your best young player is and go, we want to we want to keep them. Is that and Sabonis then, or Turner? That is the question. It depends on who, uh, what coach you get, I think. Uh, you were saying before the pod, Sabonis is gone if D'Antoni comes. Yeah. And Turner, Turner stays. can shoot threes. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a decent assumption. So you kind of wait until you find a coach, and then you make your next move from there? I don't think that, especially if it's D'Antoni, I don't think he's just going to come and like help them figure out the roster. Um, like, I mean, obviously, all the trades might not have gone through or whatever, but they'll have a solid plan going into the offseason of what that roster looks like, and especially who the guy on that team mm-hmm. is. Because at D'Antoni roster, there has to be the guy who's... Yeah. Handling the ball, who's just dribbling out the shot uh, clock, basically. A D'Antoni roster with Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal might average 40 points. I really... I I think that might be the move for the Pacers. And I think if you gave up um, Depot and, and Sabonis, I don't know that you have to give up much, if anything else. Maybe no. a pick or two. Um, but you don't have to give up either of the Holiday brothers. I don't think you can keep that core around them and then I think that all the other guys on that roster work great in the D'Antoni system mm-hmm. the Holiday Brothers would be so good <laughs> in the D'Antoni system dude they, they can just stand around like on the three point line and catch and shoot which is what we, they do now we've seen we've seen basically through this playoffs the D'Antoni system make two players that haven't found homes anywhere have a home and make them like the X factor of their series, and it's Macklemore and Green. Macklemore and Green. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Macklemore was. I I don't think anyone even knew he was still in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he was dead as far as the NBA goes. Yeah, and D'Antoni's system resurrected him. And say what you will about the how well it works in the playoffs or whatever, but certainly. If you put the right guys in that system, um, and they're willing to accept that role, it it can be a very efficient, very good thing. Um, and I think the Pacers would be the right move for that. T.J. Warren's another guy. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, he can run the offense sometimes. Like you, he can kind of have that uh, second second ball handler type thing where he runs the second unit when they come in. Yeah. Um, and they they just kind of alternate minutes between. Um, Warren and Beal should they acquire Beal um, and then when he's when Beal is on the court he can stand in the corner uh, the, on the wing or whatever and just catch and shoot 
catch and drive if he wants to because that's another thing that plays into his strengths. Um, he wouldn't have he'd have to sacrifice a lot of his mid range game, which I think he could eventually do. But I mean, me and Seth talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They might have been in the group chat actually, maybe yeah. Um, where if Warren does give up his mid range game, that does. Um, affect his driving game because so much of his driving game is predicated on he can pull up at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a th- true three-level scorer. And We're talking about Beal or Warren? Uh, Warren. I okay. mean, really both of them, actually. Um, and so, I don't know. Do you think that playing in the confines of the D'Antoni system would severely limit either one of or both of those guys um, as far as being able to get to the paint? Because... People know that they're not going to pull up for mid range. Um, maybe I think um, I think maybe D'Antoni will let them pull up for mid range, but I don't know how much of the analytics game is driven by D'Antoni or Morey. Yeah, that's or fair. Morey. That's fair because D'Antoni's distinct thing is the one guy handling the ball mm-hmm. um, and just passing it around to everyone until you get a wide open shot. Maury Ball is the like three pointers and layups thing. Yeah. And I think D'Antoni thoroughly believes in that. Um and likely would take it to a degree to another team. But that's a good point. He might he might let them play their games or at least take more mid range shots mm-hmm. than Harden and Westbrook do now. Westbrook I, takes too many. <laughs> I would like to see the uh the seven seconds or less uh pacers. I'm not going to lie. With Beal or with Beal? With Beal. Yeah. I would love Bradley Beal on that team. Yeah. I think I think we're in agreement. Trade for Beal. Get D'Antoni probably. And then you have a team that... I, I don't know that they're... I certainly don't think they're the favorites in mm-hmm. the East or anything. Um, but I think that they make it interesting. And they can I, truly win any series against any team in that conference it, at that point. It gets you better than you are now. Yeah. Which, if you're, like, a bottom-tier playoff team and you're just playing for the first or second round every year, it's not that interesting and it's not that fun. I've been there as a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been there a little bit, too. Um, yeah. And it's not... It's kind of boring, but when you add in, like, a Tony and a Bradley Beal, they could probably get for... Like peanuts now, yeah. Because the Wizards are just rebuilding. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I think it would be pretty similar to the Rockets this year, where it's like, yeah, I don't think they're gonna. They're not they're, winning. I, I don't think they're gonna win the finals. I really don't think that. But they could. They could. <laughs> if if they don't go over twenty seven, they have a chance. They have a chance, and. That, that's all you need in the NBA that's is a chance. All you need is to be lucky. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, to be clear, I think that we agree the Heat just hold Pat, stay where they're at. Yeah, I um, think the Heat and the Raptors probably yeah, are the two you, teams that just won't do anything. Yeah, do you think Van Vliet, just an aside real quick, do you think Van Vliet takes a pay cut to stay with the Raptors and compete for championships? Or do you think that, like, the Pistons or someone just the throw Pistons. all the money in the world at him? I, I think he stays with the Raptors. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't. I don't see another team going, like, we could win with you. 
someone in a dark alley just like, hey, you want a championship ring? But I, I don't think that if he goes somewhere, it will be ring chasing. A contender, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a contender. I think it'll it be, would be... It'll be the Bulls on, like, just a ridiculous contract. Yeah, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Hawks. The Knicks. The... He would be a perfect fit on the Knicks. Yeah, I, I, I could see... I think the Pistons are the move. It's, it's It reminds me a little bit of his college days in Wichita, like... Small market, you're not going to win a title. You, you're not going to get close to winning a title, but you'll be the star. You're going to get buckets. You <laughs> might get to go to the playoffs. <laughs> you'll be in an all-star game for sure. Yeah, 100%. That's That could be what Van Vliet decides to do. It would make me sad because he would be pretty irrelevant at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would average 20 and 8 or 9. Um, and like you said, make all-star teams and just make a whole lot of money. I think it depends on kind of his outlook on the game, I guess. If yeah. he's more team or eye-oriented. Yeah, and we'll find... So we'll figure that out. Yeah, to a degree we'll find that I, out. I think that just basing our entire judgments of players on where they go in free agency mm-hmm. is a little bit over the top, unless it's Kevin Durant the cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of... The Raptors, Fred Van Vliet. Um, he is still in Toronto now, and they still are trying to win a championship right now before his contract expires. They're down 3-2. They play, by the time you're listening to this audience, they play tonight um, on Wednesday night, Game 6. Who do you think takes Game 6? What are what are the X factors? Um, I, think the, uh, I think the Raptors are going to win Game 6. I think uh, maybe OG hits another buzzer beater. I don't know. Oh my gosh! I think uh, I think they're gonna get it together. Uh, Surge might be hurt. Yeah, which is not we're hearing, which is not the greatest thing, but I think they can overcome that. Um, it's I really don't know. Yeah, I know Seth would be over here screaming Celtics, but I just don't. I don't know. Yeah, the surge thing I think really, really hurts because I mean he's he's their fourth guy. Yeah. Um, and Gasol, unfortunately, is not is doing washed. well. Yeah. Um, it, it, <laughs> it sucks and I hate it because I love Mark Gasol, but he's not the player he used to be, and they need Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. the eighth leading block skitter in the playoffs of all time. To, to protect the paint, to shoot threes, to do everything that he does on the court. He's such a versatile player. Um, I, I think if Serge doesn't play, the Raptors probably lose this game. Mm-hmm. I think if he does, that it goes to a Game 7 where the Celtics still win. Um, but, I mean, there's been three close games in this series. The Raptors took two of those, and then the other two, the Celtics beat them pretty handily. Mm-hmm. I think the Celtics are... I think it's fairly clear that the Celtics are probably a better team right now. Um, I, I, the Raptors are resilient, though. So I think it's. I think the the Raptors had a big morale boost with the aforementioned OG three. Absolutely, and that that's Seeing, propelled them. I just don't know how long that will propel them. I don't know what it is about Kyle Lowry's smile, man, but it's one of the most wholesome <laughs> things in the NBA. I. I just want Kyle Lowry to be happy. I, like when the when they won the title last year, and then when OG hit that three, 
Like, my heart <laughs> was just warm. I'm not a Raptors fan. I don't care about Canada. I've been there once. <laughs> Probably I'll never go back. But uh, Kyle Lowry, man, that smile, it gets me. It was one of the most heartwarming things I've ever seen. I will give you that. Yeah. I was busy... Uh, tearing up for Marcus Gasol winning a ring more than anything when the Raptors won so I mean yeah that's fair you're you're the token Grizzlies fan <laughs> one of the few <laughs> all right but so I guess we can close out here in a minute but before we um let you guys go let's just go through a couple of like let's give each of us give one x factor for the rest of the playoffs for basically who could Swing who comes out of the West and who comes out of the East. So, my X Factor for the West would be uh, the Lakers' Rajon Rondo. Dang it, you took mine. (laughs) Um, He played a great game tonight. 19 points. After three threes. So, after uh, after Rondo hit his second three of the fourth quarter, I looked over at Chap and said, game's over. And Chap was like, they're up four. And I was like, it doesn't matter. The game is over. And then Rondo hit two more threes. And Chap looked at me and went, you were right. Game is over. (sighs) I was also going to say Rondo. Also, just an aside, Seth rolled over in his grave when he heard (laughs) the Lakers Rajon Rondo earlier. Um, But I I was also going to say Rondo. And I... I genuinely, as a Clippers fan, I'm kind of scared of the Lakers now. I wasn't before because I was like, okay, yeah, they're two guys probably definitely a little bit better than our two mm-hmm. guys. Um, like, they're top two. But outside of that, we just, I mean, we can overwhelm them with our depth. Because out behind Davis and LeBron, they, they <laughs> suck. It's they bad. are really, it's really a bad when bad team when Kyle Kuzma is asked to be like your third or fourth best player yeah it's not gonna be great. I mean LeBron literally asked him in the media to be like he said he's gonna have to be our third guy mm. um and he's not the third guy on a championship team but playoff Rondo could be playoff Rondo yes. I I think it's a real thing it's been a meme for who knows how many years but he steps up in his, his game in the playoffs to a degree that only, like, the Michael Jordans of the world have ever done. <laughs> I think that's the first time Rondo's been compared to MJ. And, and I'm not saying he's MJ in the playoffs. I'm saying the increase in production from the regular the, season the is step MJS. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that makes him a viable, like, if, if he can continue this, which, who knows if he can. He is old. Mm-hmm. But if he can... That could make him a viable third guy, and that's that's scary as a it's, Clippers fan. I think I think the Clippers won't have to worry a ton because Kawhi has been the LeBron stopper. Um, that I remember the finals against the Spurs more vividly. Um, the twenty fourteen finals. Yeah, when the Spurs won and Kawhi checked back into a game, and LeBron just turned and looked and went, "Oh crap." And when he saw Kawhi coming back in, and I think uh, Kawhi's gotten better since then. Oh, Kawhi's gotten so much better. Since so then. we might see LeBron have playoff historic lows against the Clippers. Not saying like his low would still be a decent high, right? But 
Yeah. I don't know. LeBron kicked it into the playoff gear um, as far as scoring and taking mm-hmm. over to a degree that he hadn't yet tonight, um, which also scares me to a degree. I don't think he can do that every night like he was doing in Cleveland and like he was doing uh, like in 2013 with the Heat. Um, but I it it I am a little scared as a Clippers fan. I still think we'll win the title. I still think we'll probably beat the Lakers in six. But I I think that they are a viable, worthy opponent now. Yeah. Um, it all comes down to who the number two is during those games. Yeah. If Paul George is your number two, you're winning. If, yeah. If Paul George isn't, it's going to be hard. All right, let's go Eastern Conference, wrap this thing up. X Factor on who comes out of the East. I went first last time. Why don't you go first? Okay, this... I hate this because it's kind of basic at this point. He's the sexy player right now. Everyone just loves him. But I think it's Tyler Hero. Ooh. Spicy. If if Tyler can come off the bench and give you 15 points a night on very, very efficient shooting and um, play at least, like, replacement-level defense, then that's a huge plus for the Heat. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that I don't think they were expecting to get from Hero year one. uh, And in the heat or in the conference finals Jimmy Butler is going nuts in the fourth quarter it seems like every game I I don't know if if Hero can be that guy off the bench if he can be a sixth man of the year type player off the bench for just one series then I think the heat are in the finals I think that's a good assessment Um, my player is based more off of Seth's assessment and I'm going with uh, what inebriated Seth said in the group the other night. Uh, Jalen Brown is my X factor. When Jalen Brown has big games, they win. Yeah. And it means everyone's cooking. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think if I'm the Celtics, I look at Jalen Brown and go, let's let him have a big night. Yeah, because when he's hitting his jump shots that opens up the lane for himself I mean he Mm -hmm. can just do a quick little pump fake or whatever and get in the paint Um, and he's gotten better at giving it off to the open guy when someone helps and then it also just opens up lanes like they can't sag off of him if Mm -hmm. he's in the corner Um, yeah his shooting has so much to do with whether the Celtics win or not every single night I think and also I'm, I'm 90% 90% sure that Jimmy Butler is going to be guarding Tatum. Yeah. Oh, he has to be. Yeah. So, like, that leaves probably, like, Jay Crowder or Andre Godala on yeah. on JB. Yeah. Iggy, I think when Iggy's in the game, it's probably him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then who guards Kimba for the Heat? Honestly, I think they let maybe Dragic just... Go yeah. with them. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right on that. I think Nunn is definitely the better matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they'll probably give Nunn way more minutes against a team that has a very, very good point guard mm-hmm. as opposed to the Bucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, Drew, Eric Bledsoe. I almost said Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> we, he, his name might as well be Drew Bledsoe at this point. Thanks to Terry Rozier. Shouts out to Terry in the 2018. Scary Terry. Eastern Conference playoffs. Whew. All right, this has been fun, Luke. Seth, 
I'm a little mad at you for not being here. <laughs> I can take it or leave it. Oh. I'm not upset. Spicy. Spicy. All right. We will be back next time. Seth will be here whether or not he is sober. And, yeah, we'll see you guys next time on The Flagrant 3. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.